I can't believe these two Muppets, a bunch of amateurs, came all the way from North Carolina to interview us. What a waste. What amateurs. Welcome to Amateur Hour. This is part three of our four-part series on Lions Bridge FC. In this episode, we interviewed the Defenders of the Bridge, an independent supporters group for Lions Bridge FC. We talked to them about why they started and what they, a supporters group does when the team they supports only plays about two months out of the year. Um, this is the third part of the four-part series. You can listen to them in any order if you've missed the other two previous ones. Uh, just check out any episode with the number 0030 in it. This should be episode 0030.66. Um, the final episode will air tomorrow morning. Uh, that's an interview with uh, Coach Chris Wally and player Ivan Militar. And then afterwards, we'll share our final thoughts on our visit to Lionsbridge. Without further ado, here's that interview. And we are here with the defenders of the bridge. We have uh, Carl, Aaron, I don't know why I'm pointing, and Scott here <laughs> joining us today. How are you guys doing? Great. Pretty good. good. Pretty good. Uh, thanks for uh, being here and hosting us here at the Hilton Tavern here. And uh, thank you for treating us to some beer and food. Y'all know how to um, get us, you know, I don't know good side room or they have a bad side just, side just uh, warming you up right. yeah. <laughs> it was our, our pleasure very, very they buttered us up with beer and uh, barbecue and burgers so <laughs> the triple D the best way to start off is just for each of you to introduce yourself and briefly say like you know what it is you do with the finish of the bridge what um, your title what it is you do things of that nature so I guess we'll start with you Hi, my name is Carl Hansen. I'm the president of Defenders of the Bridge, and I'm the one that keeps everybody crazy and loud at the games. That's <laughs> <laughs> what every president should do, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm Aaron Donnelly. I'm the vice president, and I handle uh, most of the social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Scott Hines, and I'm uh, involved with uh, new member support. Okay, cool. So, like, you more or less, like, like recruit? Yeah, recruit, um, identify new members as they sign up, kind of uh, reach out to them, make sure they're all sorted out. First point of contact, it sounds like. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, so the first question we're curious on is it it feels like soccer, Lionsbridge has kind of exploded out of nowhere to us because, I mean, we're not from this area. um, But we were curious how, I guess, the soccer culture was – before Lions Bridge came here, in the peninsula more specifically, and uh, in, in how, like why, I guess you could say, Lions Bridge saw that this was a good opportunity to start a soccer club here. I think Scott would be a good one to, to answer that question. I think um, it all got started, I think, based on the fact that uh, early on there was going to be a, a local uh, American Outlaws organization formed and with the failure of the U.S. qualifying for the World Cup, it created um, uh, maybe an angst in the community and I think the ownerships of Lionsbridge said, hey, maybe this is our chance to uh, get something started. But culture, I think there's lots of kids playing on the peninsula. Uh, we have two colleges locally, CNU, Christian Newport and William Mary, both have had excellent programs, uh, both in Division One and Division Three. but uh, from a 
semi-professional amateur level, um, there really was no culture. Mm. Yeah, and I know it's it's cool to see. We've seen numerous stories and just throughout America, really, of there's a need for soccer, and then it, it happens, and it really just blossoms. And it, it seems like it's out of nowhere, but there's definitely a foundation there with colleges around, and uh, it, it sounds like there's a, a strong youth uh, system here. W- would you say that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's thousands of kids playing locally, but mm-hmm. the challenge is uh, translating those soccer kids uh, into fans, and, mm-hmm. and I think this is what we're going through. We're seeing more and more kids attend the game, and as defenders of the bridge, we're connecting with kids and getting them involved in the activities of the game. Um, they'll be banging drums tonight. They'll be singing with us and and uh, waving flags. So that's what we're really excited is when we organized this group. We were really about how can we connect with kids, and you'll see it tonight. We're, we're doing that. I'm really proud of that. Yeah. It's good to hear, and thank you for that. Now, what... Um how did you hear about Lions Bridge? Like, what did that how mean did to hear you about it when, it first? when you heard about Lions Bridge starting up in, in your area and a soccer club starting? Well, I probably heard about it on, on Facebook somewhere. Yeah. It, was probably, it was probably a post out there wanting some support to meet up because there was talk of a good soccer team coming into town. And that's something we've never had around here. And I was really looking forward to getting involved into that. So, um... Mm. I got hooked up with Mike Best even before the team started playing and did a lot of volunteering with him and along the way it's just I fell in love with the team and what the organization has done and all the wins. Mm. Yeah. For me, wins for are me. always good. Too. They're, they're, they're <laughs> they, yes, they, they're yeah. a bonus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for me, uh, it, you know, it's kind of funny. I was looking up, uh, uh, they were supposed to be an indoor football team. They were supposed to be starting up here in Hampton Roads, the Hampton Roads Riptides or something like that. Yeah. And through trying to find out a little bit more about that, I ended up across, uh, you know, some things about Lions Bridge, uh, mostly on Facebook, and uh, that that piqued my interest. And then I also started reaching out to Mike. Uh, I didn't realize he was the owner at the time. I thought I was just <laughs> talking to somebody from the front office, you know. Yeah. Um, You're like, what is he doing over here? He's an owner of the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he never said anything either. He, you know, through probably months worth of talking, never really said who he was. Just he was, you know, involved with them. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, started throwing some ideas off of him, you know, and that kind of stuff. And then I met up with Carl, you know, and I and found out that he had been doing the same thing uh, a little earlier than I had. And so we just started working together, started traveling to, to away games. Weren't sure if either one of us was uh, serial killers or not. We never, we, <laughs> we never knew each other before the first away yeah. game. That, that, that was going to be something I was curious on, if any yeah. of you didn't know each other um, Not at all. But, but what about you, Scott? Um, my original uh, experience with the team was uh, one of uh, the church members, I belong to Presbyterian Church, his name's Dan, he was one of the three original uh, owners and uh, starters of, of the club, and so Dan was the one who said, hey, we're going to have an uh, amateur high-level team, and I said, what? I can't believe such a thing is going to happen in Newport News, because yeah. we've never had that before, so that was my first um, experience, and I still can't believe that we're, we have a team. And were any of you soccer fans beforehand, or was this like your first um, experience with a, a local soccer club? Really? I, I, I've got an older daughter that I've coached for a long time, and my yeah. younger one is coached, but okay. other than that, no. Yeah. Uh, I grew up, um, well, my dad was in the Army, so I lived in a bunch of places, but uh, most of it was uh, Northeast Ohio, Pennsylvania, you know, 
and soccer was never really that big back then. Um, I got connected with the Columbus crew, that's my MOS team, mm-hmm. um, and started following them, was never able to go to any games or anything. Um, so really, the first uh, soccer game I ever actually attended was a Lions Bridge game. Yeah. Uh, never played as, as a kid growing up, um, finally played my first season with that, <laughs> with that co-ed team. And um, yeah, so I mean, you know, I just kind of, I've always been interested in it, but never really went to too many games until then. I grew up in uh, upstate New York, Rochester, New York, which is Soccer Town, USA. Of course, yeah. the Rochester Rhinos were the first big, uh, big blast in the in the sense of the soccer yeah. community. You know, be below the the top soccer. So, mm-hmm. you know, growing up as a Rhinos fan um, mm-hmm. and the Rochester Lancers and Rochester Flash, all those teams that those indoor teams, yeah, were, okay. that were all part of uh, yeah. our community. So, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in a community um, that didn't have a football team. So, as a youth, I played soccer. Uh, and then obviously I moved on to high school and college soccer, and then I also uh, coached locally, so that's kind of my experience. Yeah. So were you there in 99 when they, they won the, the I was. I, I lived here. Right? I, I moved okay, to yeah. Newport News in 92, but my father uh, and brother were season ticket holders. They were part of that that's really cool. that uh, USL uh, championship, Open Cup championship yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the 90s. So I've been to games uh, in Rochester, but uh, that was kind of when I wasn't living there at the time. Mm-hmm. So, when we uh, interviewed Mike Best for the podcast last year, it was at the end of the season, and he was telling us that there was this new supporters group for season two that he thought was going to be called Wally's Army, <laughs> and uh, I'm assuming that's y'all, and now it's Defenders of the Bridge, so <laughs> what I'm curious is, what inspired you guys to start the Defenders of the Bridge, and more or less, in general, you know, it might be a wee bit obvious, but what is the goal of starting Defenders of the Bridge? We, we started out as Wally's Army because we wanted to, you know, have uh, homage to our coach Wally. You know, he, he led our first season. We had a very successful season, and we wanted to honor that. <clears throat> um, being as a supporters club, sometimes it's hard to work with the organization itself, so we couldn't get permission to use the crest. So we had to change our crest. I see. And that's where our crest came from, Aaron, with his, you know, um, Columbus, Columbus, uh, Columbus uh, thing. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing the inspiration. So on that that's, <laughs> yeah. that's where that all came from. Um, we we really want to outreach into the community for the kids. We we want to see kids being able to enjoy something in the community, uh-huh. and and have some positive role models to look up to, um, attend some soccer camps that never get to attend camps, and see some real soccer games. You know, I've done a lot of coaching, and I've got a lot of kids that they love soccer, but they've never seen a game. They've never seen one on television. They've never let alone go to a game. Mm. And being able to do that is, is great for the community, which is totally awesome. So the actual name Defender of the Bridge kind of came about um, last summer. I was on vacation in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. And I went to Lambeau Field um, with my family for a tour of the, uh, the Green Bay Stadium there. And uh, the Lambeau Field is in a neighborhood. And so along one of the, the row of fences was a sign that said Defenders of Lambeau. And so I'm in Green Bay, and I sent Aaron and Carl a text. And I said, this is it. 
Because mm. at that time we were Wally's army and we knew that, that maybe it wasn't going to be sustainable. And so we I took a picture of that fence that had this graffiti on it. And it said, Defenders of Lambeau. Hmm. And I said, how about Defenders of the Bridge? And obviously it stuck. So, uh, <laughs> so moving yeah, forward, great uh, we are uh, Defenders of the Bridge. And we're proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot it was my turn up next. Um, <laughs> this is a different for us. <laughs> so, one thing we're wondering is, walk us through like what does a game day look like um, for Lions Bridge, and more specifically with the, a supporters group of Lions Bridge, being of course y'all. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it starts pretty early, loading the car up with drums, yeah. flags. Noisemakers, you know, um, and dealing with your kids with all the activities <laughs> they got to do. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, the gates open up at five o'clock for the festival, so mm-hmm. we get there around five o'clock, and we'll tote all the drums and everything to the game, and get set up, and then we'll enjoy some beer with some friends and try to spread around what we do, and then get ready for some high-powered soccer. For the Lionsbridge side of it, I mean, we're not involved with a whole lot of what their, you know, their game day stuff, except for, you know, showing up, setting up, and doing our thing. But, uh, you know, they've got, at 5 o'clock, they've got food trucks, bouncy houses, uh, beer tents. Uh, some of their sponsors show up, Lidl, the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they set up booths, uh, Chick-fil-A, one of the major sponsors, they set up booths, uh, set up things for kids to do, giveaways, handouts. Sometimes you might find a race car out there too, huh? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, last yeah. week there was a guy, a local uh, race car driver had his car out there. Really? Yeah, okay, yeah. With the kids sitting in the, in the driver's seat, and Very you know, cool. he fired it up a couple times and scared everybody. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, around 7, uh, you know, they do the uh, lineups, you know, and whatnot, and then get to watch some good soccer. Yeah. And is there anything specifically you say that you, I guess, bring to that atmosphere with the, the support group specifically? Lots of noise. Lots of right. noise. As, as much noise as we can possibly. <laughs> <laughs> lots of noise and lots of excitement. Yep. Yeah. A lot of smiling kids' faces, too. Yeah. It's yeah. good. So, outside of game day, I already heard you guys mention a few things. Sounds like you will try to do some outreach, particularly with the local youth. And it uh, sounded like you guys have some sort of co-ed rec team as well. Can you tell us about some of the stuff y'all do outside of game day to reach out to your community? Um, yeah. Um, well, it started, we, we did our first thing ever was um, a CHKD toy drive mm-hmm. for the local children's hospital here, Yeah. which was pretty successful. Um, we rang the bell for the Salvation Army. We've done a couple parades. Um, we also hosted our first dodgeball tournament. Really? Yeah, that's cool. And we had a great success turnout. We were able to raise quite a bit of money for Camp Kessem. And they uh, deal with some kids whose parents are going through some cancer and things like that. It gives them time to be a kid. Um, Club Waka is a social league. They have football, soccer, baseball, kickball. They got everything. But um, mm-hmm. we had our first ever team. We actually had Coach Wally's wife as a keeper. We heard about this. Yeah, and, Mike and mentioned she, this. Yeah, she did. Him. She yeah. did great. Um, we picked up quite a few members from there. We met quite a few people. Had great fun. Yeah. You know, and these are not just supporters, but these are 
it's almost like we're building a family too. These yep. are friends that carry the same common interest and you'll always have that bond together. In addition, we've had uh, patio parties after games at some of the local restaurants. Obviously here at Hilton Tavern, we've done things here uh, to get fans to come after games and we're trying to to reach out and connect and uh, it's always a challenge because people are busy and families and whatnot so we're always trying to diversify as much as we can to find maybe that niche fan that uh, maybe wants to march in a parade but maybe doesn't want to go to an after game party so we're, we're, we're really searching out that's kind of where the, the co-ed club Waka team kind of came out with it well, why don't we try that and it was successful we, we connected with with probably what do you think, six or eight new New members yep. Yep. through that process yep. that didn't know who, first of all, who Lions Bridge was, and secondly, didn't know of Defenders of the Bridge. So that was success. So we're always looking for the next activity. Um, so, any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep those to ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we had good ideas, we'd keep them to ourselves. Okay. We'd put it that way. No. <laughs> We've done some things. We had a, a Christmas party which was in conjunction with the CHKD toy drive. Yeah. Uh, we got a pool party coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the pool and then, party. You know, uh, we've done some things with the team. Uh, Scott was gracious enough to, to open his house to some of the coaches and, and, and the players and the host families mm-hmm. that are hosting different players. Uh, that was a good time. You know. So we try to do as much as we can for the community, with the community, and with the team. Yeah, for the team. So we're hosting we're, we're hosting a pool party for all the entire team. Yeah. Coaches, players, interns, everybody. We'll have them out at the pool. We'll have some burgers and hamburgers and hot dogs, and we'll have a good old party. But, yeah. you know, we're paying for all of that. I think something we, we forgot. See you in the Ariel. Ariel was our waitress, by the way. She's leaving, and she was unbelievable. But anyways, that's for another podcast. So anyways, uh, another thing that maybe we completely forgot about is we support the reserves. Yes. Yeah. And so yes. the reserves had a game here last Saturday, and I don't think there's another USL2 team or supporters group that has fans and supporters that go to reserve games. So we probably had 20-plus Families come to that, and I think it was pretty wow. cool because uh, I think what what I've noticed because I'm hosting a player is that uh, Lions Bridge and these other USL two teams will only be as good as what reserves they can find because these reserves are the guys that are going to push these guys who may be a little bit comfortable with their position on the team to get better, and so I sure hope that um, the reserves uh, are continue to be supported. Yes. So, uh, what's it like hosting a player? Um. <laughs> Are your friends going to hear this? No, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I have a He's 10 a and 13 kid. year old kid, and I'm not sure if my uh, host player is uh, any more advanced than they are with, with domestic uh, skills. And so, what I'm finding out is uh, grocery shopping and doing laundry and picking up the room and uh, doing the things that us as adults do every day and we don't think about is maybe not uh, as natural for a 21 year old kid that's in college and lives in a dorm and has mama still take care of him. But anyways. <laughs> that's not, nothing. My wife would right. say the same thing about right. Ben. So on the bright side, um, uh, we're hosting Caleb. He's a great kid. He's a goalkeeper at App State. 
and we oh, love yeah. we love them like like any other one. But yeah, I mean, uh, the first time I took him to the grocery store, uh, he was like he had never been there before. <laughs> he says, Caleb, well, you know, part of your responsibility is to get groceries. Oh, okay, no problem. So we walk up and down the aisle, up and down the aisle. So we go to the, the cash out line. He has five items in his bag. I said, Caleb, this is a grocery shop. No, oh, I got enough. Don't worry. So, anyways, that's uh, there's, there's more stories than that, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay. So, um, with all the stuff you guys have said, if you had to pick one thing that you were most proud of, whether it's something like as defenders of the bridge is done as a whole, or something you've individually done within the sports group, what's one thing that you're most proud of that defenders of the bridge has done? I mean, it's only not been quite a year yet, but it sounds like we've already gotten to a lot of things. Who wants to start? The, yeah. pr- the proudest thing that I've done is the CHKD toy drive. Mm. Probably have to second that. Mm. I mean, that, that uh, it was a strong contender. <laughs> it was, you know, it meant a lot to me. I've got a granddaughter mm. that was um, diagnosed with di- diabetes, mm. and the only way that she was diagnosed is that she was air flighted to that hospital, mm. and they basically saved her life. Wow. Her her numbers were like nine hundred and something. Oh wow! So um, and it was around Christmas time that it happened. <clears throat> And to watch everybody in the hospital give to all the kids and the, the Christmas that the kids got to have. In other words, they wouldn't have had it anywhere else, but um, it just touched me. Mm-hmm. So when I was in a position to be able to give back to somebody, it, it felt good. It really did. So Aaron, you second that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it was great to, you know, like with the, with the Christmas party, you know, we put it on. If you came with a toy, there were uh, door prizes, you know, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I mean, we had a bunch of boxes all of, all over the peninsula, you know, and they got filled up pretty good, you know. And it was it was awesome to be able. To, I wasn't able to go with them when they when they dropped them off at CHKD, but you know, seeing the pictures and stuff, you know, it, it was pretty cool to see. So I think when we put this club together to finish the bridge, uh, I think we realized that. You know, Lions Bridge is part of our, our mission, but it, it wasn't the beginning or the end. And so we decided to go year-round with, with our activities, and part of that was the service component of, of getting everybody together. So besides the CHKD toy drive, I think that the, the second that would probably be the dodgeball tournament mm-hmm. that we raised over $800 in one, in one day mm-hmm. for uh, Camp Kesson, which is uh, a camp that supports kids that have parents with cancer so uh, you know I think the service part of what we're doing is maybe we don't do a good enough job of, of promoting that part of uh, being a defender of the bridge it's mm-hmm. Lions Bridge yeah we're, we're here but that's just what 10 weeks 12 weeks yeah. uh, we have a whole year of other other um, service that we'll be doing so that's probably what I'm most uh, grateful thankful for that sounds awesome I'm I'm amazed you can raise eight hundred dollars at a dodgeball thing. That's pretty. Well, I mean, I, I awesome. hope uh, if anybody's out there listening to this, it was an easy, easy uh, deal. Wow. We had um, dodgeball teams that we entered. It was ten players at ten dollars a person. We had obviously eight teams sign up at ten dollars a person, wow. and that was that was all cash. We had dodgeballs already. Uh, provided for us, we had a location that didn't charge us, and so mm. everything that we did was 100% profit. So we made $800 in uh, what five hours. five hours, and we promoted it on uh, social media through Aaron and Carl. It was an easy, easy thing. So anybody out there that wants to do a quick fundraiser, dodgeball is it. 
Everybody's, asking, everybody's yeah. asking where part two is. Yeah, right. we'll do it again in the fall, and we'll raise another $1,000 in one day. Yep. It's just, it was an yep. easy fundraiser, so if you're out there raising money, try it. Dodgeball. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I think that's it's something really interesting to, to listen to you talk, because everyone really, just to, to hear your stories, because you saw a need that there wasn't a supporter group, and you've had that community focus to make it more than about soccer. Right. I think it's something really commendable, and it's it's really great to hear your stories. Put it simple. Yeah. Do you want a tissue for your tear? <laughs> well, hey, I might need one here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're smiling. So. Yes, yeah. smiling. Mm. So the last question we have, and it might not be that different because it's only been a little over a year at this point, but uh, we asked you earlier what was the soccer culture like here before Lions Bridge. Have you seen a big change since up to this point? Or do you see it potentially growing more in the future? Well, for well, me, uh, being that I live you know, across the river mm. um, in the Smithfield, Carrollton area, I've seen more kids, high school kids, middle school kids uh, at the games mm. walking mm. around with Smithfield High School soccer shirts, right. that kind of stuff, this year as opposed to last year. Mm. So <laughs> it seems that having something over here on the peninsula for them to get to has definitely drawn them over. Mm. Yeah, soccer's it's okay size wise over there, but it, I don't think it's to the same level as the pencil over here. Right. Um, you know, so the little bit I've seen in the last year or so has been more people coming uh, outside of their rec leagues or their school leagues or whatever and coming over to actually watch a game. But I, like I said, I, with me living over there, I don't see as much over here. Right. So, yeah, that's, well, I mean, as that's, much as I that's can, a big impact yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You're reaching beyond the peninsula. Mm-hmm. I see soccer growing huge over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I see it. I, I've coached at a, um, at a Baptist church down the street, and mm-hmm. there were some Saturdays where we had 800, 900 kids out there mm-hmm. just on Saturday, and that's just in a church league. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott. He might be modest, but he's a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. He coaches a youth team that just went to nationals. Mm-hmm. He, he does a lot with the local legacy teams down here. And they've got un, undeniable raw talent right there. Mm-hmm. And, and the more that <clears throat> Mike Vest in the front office does with the marketing and the you know getting that soccer out there, he draws a lot of the camps are booked up. He draws a lot of people in there. and. People need that at Phil. You know, kids need that positive role models to look at. And I think soccer will be huge down here one, one day. Well, I think we're all amb- ambassadors for the game. The podcast, the Amateur Soccer Hour, uh, Lions Bridge, uh, the local youth organizations. And so I think Lions Bridge provides a kid an opportunity to see a game at a high level with a thousand plus people in the, in the stands cheering and the excitement around that and uh, that only grows the game because we all know that that sitting around this table we all love soccer otherwise we wouldn't be sharing this moment together. It's okay I guess. Oh, so. <laughs> um, but it brought Carl not to to bring more sappy moments together, but <laughs> yep. but yep. we didn't know each other prior. Scott has started to cry now. Yeah, you can't yeah, hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. My wife's listening, so don't worry. I'll be home soon. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a bridge. Not to be corny, it's a bridge to the community. I mean, we live in a world where kids are not participating in activities at, yep. at 
epidemic race, right? We're, we're consumed with video games and other sort of media. And so getting a kid out and getting him physically engaged, her, him, uh, is, is great. And why not, why not be soccer? Mm-hmm. Why not soccer? Why not? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. We really appreciate it. And uh, once again, we appreciate the food as well. The food is always good. <laughs> and uh, we're looking forward to going to the game with y'all tonight. Awesome. We appreciate y'all. Thanks, man.